I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is Jeff Cole, Footy Prime the Podcast resident announcer and special needs student. Due to the recent COVID-19 outbursts and outbreaks around the world. The Omicron variant has forced this announcer to cancel tonight's opening. So, gentlemen, I will not be getting this party started. Happy New Year to all! Thank you, JC. Welcome to Footy Prime, the podcast. And yes, um, if ever there's been one mailed in, that was it. But I loved it nonetheless. Thanks, JC. Brilliant. Sherman's here. Wong is here. Forrest is here. Dunlop is here. As we we look at the year that was and the year that is still to come. Um, so much for, for the best title race in a generation in England. huh? So much for that. Same could go be said for Spain and Germany and France. Kind of the same as well, right? The Eredivisie looks okay. Portugal's pretty good. Ooh. Italy, Italy's okay. But uh, overall, you know, if I rewind this podcast, fellas, from this this recording today, about maybe a month ago, it looks really exciting. It was great, and now it's shit. Man City have ruined everything. So we can look back on Man City and look ahead to Man City. It's the same old stuff, right? They're going to win. And there'd be no drama. <laughs> I love where your head's at, where the rest of the world is looking at Omicron having ruined everything. And you're like, no, the Premier League title race, which was supposed to be the best in a decade, is over. Damn you, Man City. Well, that affects more people than Omicron. Is it over? An eight-point lead is over. Oh, yeah. Sure it is. With City, right, Craig? They're not going to lose three games. It doesn't look that way. It doesn't. I agree. But- I want odds. I'll take any other team against City. Any other team. Pull up the bookies odds, and we're going to define the pronunciation of Omicron for Charmin. That's what he was going to ask. Well, uh, see, no, no, I, I know it's, it's Omicron, but it sounds no, no, like Omicron. Exactly right. Everyone's saying with the N, and there's no N. It bugs me. Hey, Charms, do me a favor. Turn down yeah. your volume a little more. You're peaking. Sorry, everybody. Isn't that your job, to turn me down? I can't turn you down on this virtual. Oh, we're virtual, I, I, everybody. Oh, they can tell. No, you did it there. I think, you know what it is, is that you did your testing level at this level. And then we started. And you're just so excited we're together again. Because a week away. Exciting times, boys. We're back again, even before the year's out. I mean, my God. Today, we will uh, reflect and look forward to in in our own weird kind of way. But it is just disappointing to me. That's all. That's my point. That that Man City, Liverpool and Chelsea, who who look to be embroiled in this, this battle royale of just... Two of them are fading somewhat, and they'll bounce back. They'll be just fine, but they're not going to catch City with eight points. I mean, let's face it, if if the Reds drop points to Chelsea this weekend, right? Sunday. Do the math. That's like a, that's like a lot of points. <laughs> Within the infighting at Chelsea, do you think there's a real problem with Lukaku and Tuchel? And if those interview quotes are to be believed, it seems like ESPN keeps running with these infographics of quotes that people say, nah, you should double check the original in the original language. It might be a, a little misleading or misquoted. I think that interview with Sky Italy was from three weeks ago, some people had claimed. But where he says Tuchel's got him playing in the wrong position, he's not happy, and he feels as though he left Inter in the wrong way, and that wasn't how he wanted to go about it, and he'll be back in his prime, he said. In the wrong position? The position has been in the fucking trainer's room. 
He's been injured. Shut up, Romelu. You've been injured. Don't blame Tuchel. I was a bit surprised at that as well. And then you got COVID. So that's why you haven't played very much and why you're not playing very well, although he scored two and two. Do you think that he's envious that when he's been out of the squad that they have played different, therefore he's afraid they he can't just go back to being the, the lone number nine that started the season on fire? I think he's more upset with how they're playing without him than how they've played with him, all due, with all due respect to their disappointing draw midweek. Yeah. Jesus Christ, just fucking play. If he gets a chance to play, get in there and play. He's a good Back to goal player, he can he can sort it out. Christ, how long before the Lukaku to MLS rumors start at uh, twenty eight million a season? But yeah. this 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 guy was the final piece of the puzzle. That's what Dickio said, and, and he still might be. He just barely played, so I don't know why he's whining, or whether it's been just taken out of context, or who knows? Because like you said, there be we can't trust Sky Italia. They have been known to embellish quotes before mm, it's true and and as well as a, i think lukaku is a i think he's a different person than he was even five years ago you know watching him in interviews and how he gets on on the pitch i i don't think he's that sort of person so we'll have to wait and see on that one to be honest with you and quite frankly and craig i mean the last two games he's looked pretty good right he scored two goals he looks pretty happy he even said after his last game you know man i needed that one Right, so so he's not mm-hmm. going to go to the media now and start whining. I can see it completely being three weeks ago when he was, you know, not healthy, depressed, you know, spending each morning in the trainer's room with all sorts of terrible things happening to his body, and he's pissed <laughs> off. Right, you know, I mean, you tell me, injured players aren't fun to be around, right? I remember when someone was saying about Michael Owen, saying that you know his hamstring injuries when he was much younger, and if anyone knew what he went through each day to get on the field, the uh, the treatments he had to endure, you get a brand new respect level for Michael Owen. It ain't no fun, is it? Mm, no, it really isn't. Your whole schedule is like, I remember we were in the pool. If you're injured, you're in the pool at 7.30 in the morning. Freaking pool wasn't even warmed up yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's when your ball cancer kicked in. Yeah, maybe. Ipswich baths. That's what it was. <laughs> It was really? this place. This pool was so old that they, <laughs> this is where all the people in Ipswich used to go to bathe. <laughs> oh God, that's disgusting! Yes, old, old men sliding into their uh, speedos and then sliding into that pool. But it was closed off for you guys as a team to use, or did you have to share it with like Graham and Ashley and Ian from the town? No, we were fine. We started off at seven thirty, so we we're out of there at eight thirty. But the pool pool was freezing. There aren't many old men called Ashley. No, is that a, a more modern name? I feel like when I was a kid, it was a, all, there was like multiple Ashleys on Coronation Street. So I think that was my introduction to English names. Yeah, and no, Ashley worked at the butcher shop with Fred. He was Fred's uh, uh, nephew, I think it was. But uh, there was the Lindsay as well. Coronation Street, Lindsay. Yeah, Coronation Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was no Ashleys are like more, I think, middle aged now. And younger, you you don't get an Ashley over fifty five. I don't think now. Maybe not over fifty. I wouldn't think. So Ashley you know, was like is like the hunter or the the chase of that period. I feel like those are like the, the there's the yeah yeah you're right hunters that were all born between ninety six and 06. Yeah yeah right? like just like there aren't too many you know um, Berts <laughs> now who are you know under the age of eighty seven. Clive. <laughs> How many Clives are there? Names are cyclical. Well, there's a few Clives, I think. Is Clive an old name? Yeah, but only in England. There's there's no there's no Canadian citizen who's calling their kid Clive. You know what? Maybe I'll maybe he'll do it. If uh if God blesses us with a child, maybe. How many successful athletes named Clive? Clive Allen would be the one I could think of. What was he? Footballer Clive Allen was a great striker for Spurs, right? Mainly, wasn't it, Craig? Clive Best. George's dad? Clive Best. That's no, that wasn't that Clyde. Clyde Best. Oh, did you say his, it, what are you saying? Clyde or Clive? Clive. There aren't many successful athletes named Clive. Clive Allen would be the one that stands out to me, who was a prolific goal scorer. I'm sure if you go through all of like the winning Rangers and Celtic teams of the uh, the first 50 years of existence, there's it's riddled with Clives. They probably they probably lead the league in Clives. <laughs> but the, he maybe, but there's definitely more successful Ashleys than Clives. 
we can agree on that at least, right? All right, listen, boys, let's get on to this little uh, review preview, all right? Uh, while, while you answer, I'll look up famous Clives uh, in the football world. <laughs> can, can we do one thing first, though, Sharms? No. Um, we're halfway through the season. Um, B, who did you pick to win? I just want to go through that again. Oh, I picked Man City to win. You Much did. to the displeasure of Danny Dicchio. Who, you did, uh, and I'll speak for uh, Dicchio. He, in his accent. In, oh, I can't do that. Hey, hey if I can... Oh, I sound like Norm Macdonald. Um, <laughs> Chelsea, he was a Chelsea believer with Lukaku coming in to be the final piece. Craiger, what was what was your choice again? I forget. I'm not sure. It was either oh. Chelsea or City. I can't remember. Charms, do you remember yours? Uh, yeah, I was City for sure. Okay. So, yeah, so you were. Oh, good. yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. No, you no, because we, we tried to make him say Liverpool, and I yeah. remember him saying – I'm going to, I think he said something to the tune of, I'm going to vote with my head over my heart, mm-hmm. which is very strange for Sharms. Mm-hmm. It is. Because we don't believe he has a, a good head or a, good, a strong heart. Yeah. A, a black heart. A black heart looking for Clives. Uh, there aren't that many. Who's the best Clive? I don't see any famous Clive footballers. I know you're upset with City there, uh, Sharms, but at the end of the day. No, they're amazing. Amazing, yeah. I mean, listen, I I love Pep. I I really respect all of their players. I'm a big Reem Sterling fan, despite him breaking mm. many a Reds' hearts once upon a time. I love Riyad. They're a really likable group, <laughs> which is frustrating. Except Foden, his little cherub Foden face with that blonde, whatever that hair is. He looks like a prick, doesn't he? Oh, he whinges every time someone goes near a shoelace. That guy needs yeah. a punch. We all know a Phil Foden, I think, you know, growing up. I like Phil Foden. Oh, I so do I. He's brilliant. He's world-class. He's wonderful. There's a few players I'd rather watch in the world right now. But I'm just saying that face, we all know that Phil oh. Foden face. And he's a little <laughs> troublemaker, right? Little shit disturber. Mm. That's always mouthing off. I'm waiting for you to say that I'm the Foden of this show. <laughs> Wait, dye your hair blonde, and yes, you can. I think my face has become a bit more cherubic. I weighed myself for the first time in months, and I was astonished that uh, I'm floating around 200. Yikes. No, you're not. You can't be I around am. 200. Yeah. Well, Bad I got too? these big hockey thighs, so I feel like, you know, been skating mm-hmm. since September. That there's 10 pounds of muscle in each thigh here. That's that's what's put me over. It's not COVID-19 weight. It's back to the ice. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah, I tell well, myself. You know, our uh, our New Year's resolution, all of us rise to get fit and healthy. That's right. Or fitter and healthier, right? And I don't know how we'll do is, that a, is that a contractual obligation? It's a contractual obligation. No. Not yet. We're going to make <laughs> we it contractual. Do, we, we should do uh, live on a Wednesday in the tent, uh, a way away off. Yeah, that's what we're, we are going to do. I, I just bought a scale, and uh, I would <laughs> love to see how chubby we've done. And my my problem hasn't has hasn't been hockey. B, it's been uh, turtles. Uh, turtles. I went through a top layer of turtles in about a minute and a half. I, I, I did. I ate nine turtles in ninety seconds. Oh, yeah. they're such a Christmas time treat. I've oh. got to tell you, I, I'm more of a Ferrero Rocher guy myself. Yeah, I can see oh, that. Of course, you are. Private school. <laughs> Yeah, Terry's chocolate oranges for the peasants. You have the Ferrero right. Rochers and your, right. your Swiss Toblerones. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not actually big into chocolate, but I love my Ferrero Rochers. Um, but I'm a, yeah, sugar I put a few pounds on this Christmas as well. There's no doubt, but mainly from booze. I can't remember the last day I didn't drink. Honestly, can't remember. I know it's in December, like mid-December, I think. Sometime. I remember the last day I didn't drink. It was the day before Rudy Gobert got COVID. <laughs> so it's been 18 months is what you're saying. March 10th, 2020. Oh boy. Okay, Clive. Clive Owen is the most famous Clive. <laughs> According to this website, Clive Davis, um, obviously the, the famous American record producer. He's uh, number two. Clive Barker. Yeah, there's no footballers. Clive James. I don't see any. Uh, who the hell's Clive Bunker? Anyway. He's a drummer, actually. Oh, Jethro Tull. Athletes, though. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. I don't see any famous uh, Clive footballers apart from Clive Allen. That was about that. Anyway. In this top 10 list of Clives, two of them have changed their names. From Clive? DJ Cool Herc, whose uh, given name is Clive Campbell, and Georgie Fame, whose given name was Clive Powell. Really? I don't know who these people are. Yeah. Anyway, um, back to what I was saying before. Let's start this little review. Okay. So 
going around the table here, 2021, in one word, one word, how would you describe 2021? B, let's start with you. Money. Money is how I describe 2021. From the Super League, the creation and failure in 72 hours, to full stadiums for the start of the season when it seemed like 50% capacity at Wembley was unthinkable or perhaps a bit irresponsible um, and a bit of a risk for the Euro final. Um, money is how I would define 2021 because all of the footballing decisions right up to you know um, now here the very end of the year and uh, it being on the table and very likely that the FIFA executives will try and push through this World Cup every two years, money will define 2021 for me. Good answer. Very good answer. Uh, that is a good one, yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> Craig, can you beat that? I'm going to just say frustrating. Mm. That's what I had. How the hell did we get the same word? We've got all these words in the world to choose from. Miserable, miserable old white guys. <laughs> yeah. All right, explain, Craig. Explain. Well, come on. Do I have to? <laughs> Really? Do I really have to? Well, we've got 45 minutes to fill here. Holy shit. Jesus Christ. Don't know what's going on. Coming or going. It is frustrating. How is that any different than any normal year, though? What do you mean? (laughs) Yeah, you don't know what's going on, what's coming or going. Oh, yeah, that's true. Are you talking COVID? (laughs) Oh, COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Canceled games, half stadiums, no, no fans. The anger's kind of gone away and it's been replaced by just frustration and acceptance, right? Which makes it frustrating, right? Everything and how sports keeps being having to endure these these moments like we're enduring right now. Are seasons starting? Are they stopping? Are they gonna introduce mm-hmm. limitations to fans? Yada yada yada. What's quarantine now? Is it ten days? Is it fun? Make your mind up. No one knows, right? You know, and then you, you you know, even going to, you know, the CPL, right? The Canadian Premier League, you know, York Nine, we, you know, we're friends with Jimmy Brennan, of course, so we're, you know, somewhat biased. But if we didn't know him, it would still be exactly the same. The league is there to develop, develop players, develop coaches, develop referees, develop everything. And they go and fire a guy, he gets to the semifinals, tells me there's more about this firing than obviously his development or where they go because I mean, seriously, it doesn't make any sense. Although I, I agree. And at some point we're going to get Jimmy on the show. And uh, you know, I think we can, we, we can accept that the CPL is a legitimate league when we start criticizing certain, you know, decisions. And that's important, I think for the league. Right. Um, but you know, Martin Nash comes in a Canadian guy, you know, and that's, that's good to see his career take off. Right. Mm-hmm. No, it's awesome. I'm great. It's great that they've gone that way, of course. And uh, the same thing applies. So now does Martin Nash, if he doesn't get to the semifinals, what do they do? Well, actually, that's <laughs> a good question. Uh, Craig, what do they do? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. You're asking it. Why don't you answer it? Is Martin Producer Wong. I don't know what they'll do. If it came down to something different outside, didn't like each other, I don't know what the relationships were, were with the, was it Angus Wright or something? Where was Martin before this too? Sorry. Assistant in Calgary, Calgary at Cavalry in Calgary. For the Cal, okay. Mm-hmm. And he would have learned an awful lot there too, an awful lot. It's interesting, you know, CPL, about what are what is the main mandate for the, these clubs? Is it purely to develop talent, be it both on the field and on the sidelines? Um, at some point, they would just want to win t- trophies too, right? We understand that as well. But if you see a team truly progressing and, and, and evolving and developing young talent through an entire season, you know, isn't that good enough? Isn't that why the league's there? Isn't that actually mm-hmm. more important than perhaps winning trophies? No, I don't know, brother. I, I, let, me, let me answer that. I think there's three things for this. Development, entertainment, uh, and uh, winning. So all three of them have a place, and they can be done concurrently. And yes, they have to. Everything has to take a priority. But I think you can chew gum and walk and you know spit at the same time sometimes. And I, and I think that's important. I replace your winning there with the business. I think that they're looking at this, you know, the first real professionalization. I shouldn't say the first real. They've attempted it before, but this is the best effort in putting together a truly professional league and entity that they're looking to keep for, for 10 years. And we haven't done that yet. So they're making business decisions 
are influencing the soccer decisions. There might be some soccer decisions that are influencing the business decisions. That being, you know, win now, we need to put bums in seats, something that York specifically has struggled with. But Charmin, to your point about it's a legitimate league when we're criticizing it, I would say that it's become a legitimate league now where the shelf life of coaches is two seasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That's true. That, mm-hmm. that matches everywhere else. That's not abnormal at all. And there's another vacancy that may, be, may or may not be filled by a Canadian. I wonder if Atletico is going to go in their Spanish pipeline and replace Mista with someone from overseas, or as has been rumored, uh, uh, he turned it down supposedly or, or claims that he's not interested. But Mark DeSantos was the hot rumor for the Atletico seat, which is wide open now. So we'll see who fills that. Here's one for you guys. Um, will Mr. be best remembered by Canadian football fans for his time at Atletico Ottawa or his time at Toronto FC? <laughs> right, Wonga, how would you describe uh, this past year? Because I am a half glass full guy. It's about like a quarter right now. Opportunity, motherfuckers. <laughs> Opportunity. Well, I've got a box of wine behind me. Right here. There you <laughs> go. That's 2021. I have a box of wine behind me. Not, not a case of wine, actually a box of wine. Box of Look, wine. I have to say uh, being able to adapt is one of the best uh, things we can do right now. And I think we did it really well, our team, Footy Prime. I think we've got a lot more going on in the in January. And as soon as January starts, we're going to be moving to um, hopefully, what, what do we call it, Charms? Uh, footy Prime Daily or Almost Daily. Almost so, Daily. Almost Daily. So it'll be yeah. Footy Prime AD. We're going to be putting out more content. And I have to tell you, it doesn't have to be good content because look it at us. Be good. It will be good content. <laughs> but volume over quantity. There is something to be said yeah, about sometimes having really good content. 2021, we had, you know, made some great relationships. We had John Herdman on, Jonathan Osario, Danny Dicchio came on. Occasionally, every now and again. <laughs> Occasionally. <laughs> but I think what it, it leads me to believe, just as far as media, is Canada is on the rise. Footy Prime is on the rise. We can make something of this thing we call Footy Prime and run with the national team and the women's national team and all that's great with CPL. And I'm very hopeful. So opportunity is my 2021 word. That's a good one, you know. And, you you know, when you look at it, uh, we're talking about Arash uh, Madani, our friend, uh, tweeted out um, nobody would ever expect what Canada has done over the last, you know, whatever short period of time. And yeah, it's been quite astonishing, but there has been some people, right? I mean, the development of the Canadian Premier League, uh, I mean, Victor Montagliani got to face it. He, he made some major changes, gave coaches the, you know, their decision to where they want to play the games and not the CSA. So, um, the professionalism inside the CSA, giving the coaches what they need to operate. Uh, Herdman saw that in the women's programs, translate, transformed himself, translated himself as well to over to the men's program brilliantly. And, and with a team that we couldn't believe with the amount of tier one players that we have all of a sudden, which is quite incredible. Uh, the rule changes in MLS that were, uh, I think, needed a person in power like Victor to put them under pressure about us Canadians playing as uh, foreigners in the league down there uh, being changed. And that's given the opportunity to several of our men's national team players. Um, I think the women's development in leagues over in Europe has been astonishing. The level of play in women's football has really improved. And obviously the Olympic gold medal was something we was a a huge moment for Canada and it's, it always seems to surprise the Canadian public, doesn't it? When the highest rated show or part of the Olympics, I think in 2012 was the women's football, 16 women's football, 20, 21, whatever women's football, 4.4 million in Canada watching. It's just, it's just astonishing that it, it surprises them every, every freaking time that soccer is much bigger than they think. I'm going to read a rash's, so everyone understands where the context is coming from. Arash Madani said, not even the most optimistic glass only full person could have seen, he put a comment there where it shouldn't have been glass only full person (laughs) could have seen this coming a decade ago. Remarkable what's been achieved. And it's only the beginning. And Craig Forrest said, this has caught casual fans by surprise and the rise is quicker than expected. However, 
There's been a few who have dreamt big, and without them, we wouldn't have a league at CPL Soccer, the World Cup 2026, Olympic Gold, or Footy Prime, the podcast for that matter. And and coach, and this is from the guy who said frustrated. That's all the reason why I want to bring it back around. (laughs) Well, you know, I think when Arash though says says that, you know, the last a decade ago, he's literally talking about standing in the sidelines of San Pedro Sula, right? Because he was there and the uh, the infamous Honduras match in qualifying and how the entire country, the footballing country, was at rock bottom, right? Rock bottom. And to see how we've come since then, rebuilt since then, because of what Craig said there, largely because of having people in power pulling strings with a vision who get it. And, uh, you know, sure, the time has been great. You know, Alfonso Davis suddenly arrives in Canada out of nowhere and does what he does. And, you know, a lot of it, I think, is down to improved coaching and, you know, the better professional structure in Canada for sure. But a lot of it's luck as well. And that's fine. Every country has it. And uh, let's hope we continue yeah, this. There, there is a bit of, I don't even, I don't even think that Alfonso is really a, a Canadian soccer story as much as a Canadian community story, um, how they supported him through his youth development and paying, I believe, for some of his fees and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's an affordable sport still, um, just, um, but he was fortunate to have support of the, the you know, community in Edmonton. And, you know, they deserve him. But uh, to see his rise to where he's gone is uh, to have a player that's in the best 11 in the world is incredible. It's incredible. Hey, Canada won an award, right? The most improved team in the world, according to FIFA. (laughs) Yay, FIFA awards. They see us. (laughs) Yeah. And another thing about that is, too, like, I mean, if you're going to look into that deep, have a deep dive into that, the qualifying allowed them against a lot of teams that we expected them to win heavily against, and they did. Did, did we expect that, Craig? Did we expect that? Because I, I remember having conversations and podcasts with certain people being very scared of teams like, I don't know, Papua New Guinea, <laughs> my, my, my go-to when I want to talk about a crap team. Suriname, Suriname. Yep, yep, yep. Bermuda. Haiti. Haiti, yeah, I remember. Very nervous podcasts. Huh? Do you remember those fellas? Big bad Montserrat. <laughs> I was surprised how poor Haiti were. <laughs> and then the goalkeeper. Yeah. The boggle. Yeah, that was one of the moments of the year, wasn't it? <laughs> Gone are the days where any island with a corrupt banking system we were afraid of. Gone are those days. The Caymans. <laughs> hey, the Caymans. Yeah. Watch yeah. out. Yeah. They've got a player playing in the Dutch fourth division. They're pretty good. <laughs> No, they're really shit, and we should be smashing them. Um, so we're, we've gone to, to our, our words to describe 2021. Looking ahead, we'll start with you, Craig. It was frustration for 2021. Is there a word that jumps out to what you expect? Optimistic. Jesus Christ, you did me again. Wow. You guys are so <laughs> in tune with each other, eh? Like women who hang out a lot and they're on the same menstrual cycles. You're basically the same. Also, Craig and I are in the same cycle as well. Yeah. Don't don't come calling around the fifteenth. We're assholes. Menstrual cycle. <laughs> Menstrual. Yeah, last thirty days a month. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right for you two. <laughs> B. What would? I would say growth, because I think the sport in this country will grow considerably. Um, I believe because the men's team will be at a World Cup. Um, the attention leading up to a Winter World Cup. It will be massive. And I also think, I truly believe that um, we will see a, a women's professional league, a real professional league um, founded come the end of the year. You think uh, so? Right? And that's all on, that's all based on, on, you know, the, the growth and the, uh, the great opportunity, the, the success, the money that came from 2021. I think you'll see, you'll see that in 2022 in particular with that, that women's league. I think we'll see a professional team. Um, I'm not so sure about a league just yet. I would take that in the WSL. That'd be, I mean, I think that, that has to happen, right? That There's no reason why that shouldn't happen. That has to happen. You're right. I'm, I'm happy to, to pivot and say that, you know, uh, maybe I'm trying to be more optimistic than realistic. And a real, realistic, I think it'd be great. But I, but I do wonder, like, you know, in that camp, if it's split, if there, there is a group that feels as though having a professional team in the WSL 
which has been growing and been able to bring some key players back from from Europe to to continue to develop the league on these shores. I wonder if there are people that think that that is counterproductive to the Canadian game and that they're putting their eggs more in the basket of of developing a professional Canadian unit r- rather than you know r- copying the the same situation that the Canadian MLS teams. Uh, faced and perhaps some of the obstacles that they faced in the early beginning. I, I'd love to have that conversation with people who are not us. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I, I would hope that I, I would hope that they've they, they will have seen how MLS grew here and what it did for the the nation from a footballing and, and learned from that because there were mistakes made as well, right? But you know, I think that might have to come before um, a sustainable league. But hey, it's a great conversation to have in the in the coming weeks and months. Um, Wonger, quickly uh, a, a word. Another one. I mean, you've been so positive so far. Boxed wine. Boxed wine. That's, that's no, two no, words. Uh, no. It is, but I was going to put a hyphen in there. Uh, the word is fulfillment, and the reason I say fulfillment is because all of a sudden our team looks like it will, on the men's side, will uh, make the World Cup, and the women have been knocking at the door of success, and they've been successful. But the gold was a culmination of little successes along the way or big if you want to you know but it was a culmination i think we're in a place where we can actually start talking about fulfillment of that you know how we see ourselves doing at the world cup and that also means as a soccer nation as spectators as media fulfillment for me means we will be doing our best to make sure that this team is seen as a world uh, top class team. And it would also mean that um, with boxed wine, I'll always have a full cup slash glass. So fulfillment is my word for uh, 2022. <laughs> great, great word from VQA Wonger over here. <laughs> no, actually. wonder what Deech's word would be. <laughs> it wouldn't be positive. Well, how would he spell it is the big thing. He'd have the word. He just wouldn't know how to spell it. Fantastically well, he would say. You would make something up. It would be something that <laughs> it'd be made up. Ah, uh, Deech, we miss you so much. Maybe one day we'll talk to you again. Distant decade. We'll find out. Or maybe next week. You never know. All right, good words, boys. Good words. I think overall we're all feeling pretty good about next year. I mean, this past year has been obviously a challenge on many fronts for many people, but uh, we got through it in one piece. And, and at times, we even had sponsors on this podcast. And we hope to have them on a more consistent level. Next year, sponsorships, if anyone's listening out there. (laughs) All right, looking back once again, guys, I want to hear three moments from football that stood out to you from 2021. Give us all three, and then we can discuss them, Uh, starting with you, Craig. Okay. I will say... As he thinks about them for the first time. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm just trying to think my order. Um... (laughs) Canada's national team. Women's or, or men's? Both. Both. I'm putting them right. both together. That could be two things. That, that could be two, though. Right? I, yeah, two I'm actually three. impressed. That means he's got two other things that, that are valuable. Was a moment, though? Like a moment from, or are you kind of using them as a moment? Oh, yeah, I'm using them as the okay. moment. You mean the moment? You want a moment? Yeah, I just mean that, you, you could, for example, you could say the women lifting the gold gold medal, right? On the podium, okay. right? There's one. There you All go. Right. That's a one. great one. That's a really good one, Craig. That's a great moment. What else do you yeah. have? Italy doing the same thing. Ooh. It was a fun Euro, wasn't and it? Christ- and Christian Eriksen. That was a feel-good story. In My end. God, man. We are like just – we are in touch right now, me and you. Manstrel. Right? Oh. Oh, yeah. really? This is weird. You're just making no, this I'm not. up. This is weird. Eriksen, though, I mean, I think for me – okay – I, was, I put Fonzie's goal there as well because Fonzie's goal was just a just one of those things I'll never forget. We were there. We saw him score that goal. But the Ericsson moment, I mean, it, it was a long moment that seemed to go, go on for hours. And, and we know we're watching that game and not knowing what's happened. But that, I think, stands out beyond anything else from an emotional standpoint, um, from the footballing world. It really, really, I think, not myself and, and many people sideways watching what happened in, in that Danish first match of Euro. And then they nearly went, they nearly went all the way. It, it shows how important it was. Sharms and I don't talk 
ever except for this podcast and we were actually texting each other we talk way too often actually i know it's it's gonna be more so when we expand the show to daily (laughs) that's good yeah i I actually i had funsies going i had uh, i had fan power the super the super league fiasco Uh, oh that was really good and when when we woke up next morning and oh guess what it's it's basically off like what the hell just happened it was nuts. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Another one was like not a moment, but was, was Tuchel when he took over from Lampard, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That that massive difference that he made. And I think when you look at United, they're trying to do the same thing. It's not looking quite the same. They're hoping that their guy from the same country is going to do the same thing. Is it my turn now? Yeah, sure. John. Jump in there. I'm going to go to the Olympics and the the great women's team, but I'm actually going to say my moment uh, more so than the gold medal, beating the United States in the semifinals. Because mm. I think for a lot of the women in that team who were very young but grew up watching Christine Sinclair be robbed of that opportunity in 2012, um, beating the United States was a gold medal. I think for a lot of the women in that team, and to to do it for Christine Sinclair and with Christine Sinclair, and then the final itself against Sweden was was just the icing on the cake. Also, um, the fact that they went the step better without Herbman in charge as well, to show that this group of players, you know, John Herbman's very well-respected international football, did some great things with the program, we know that, yada, yada, yada. Um, but for this group of players to go one better without him and someone else at the helm in Bev, I think was also very important for the program too. Because sometimes he almost transcended the program, right? He was the face of it. I know Christine did all the scoring on the field, but John was such a character off the field and became this this figurehead of of the women's program. Um, They kind of broke free from that and and said, yeah, no, we are who we are. We are champions. Yeah, that's a good point. But even John, remember we had him on and he was talking about that, you know, that uh, Bev's the boss, she does whatever she wants. She's in complete charge and control of the women's program. And uh, he emphasized that because he's aware of that too. He, he you know, that he uh, left a, a big mark on that team and they, and they still uh, are showing it. Uh, but uh, Bev's a great addition and she's taken him one step further than he did. So uh, that's, uh, I think he'd be proud of that himself. A little bit of recency bias, but my other defining moment would be, and because I got to share it with my mentor and idol, James Sherman, <laughs> Alfonso Davies' goal against Panama on the touchline, because it was it was pretty surreal. I, I almost feel as though it was silent in that in that. I mean, it was quiet in the press box to begin with, but that almost as if you were you were watching that on TV in your basement. Exactly. You know what I mean, like I heard nothing. I was just I was just seeing that play and hearing Sherman. There was nothing. There was nothing else happening. I felt as though it was just dead silence in that stadium. As you watch him twinkle along the along the the touchline, bring that in, and then to stop and cut and score that goal, uh, it was it was amazing. I honestly, it might be one of the best sporting moments I've, I've witnessed live. I think you know those you know you know those moments when you're watching sports with your mates and like you know something happens and you're kind of like squeezing your buddy next to you really hard. That was me and B. <laughs> For that goal, right? It was part of the experience in the press, in the press box. box. It was just <laughs> incredible. It was just, yeah. I mean, I like I said, I'll never forget that goal ever. It's one of the best goals I've ever seen. Maybe the best goal that I've seen live, actually, with my own eyes. And, and just what it meant—that was the moment, right? That this team still needed, right? They were getting some good results. They were doing really well, but they needed that that special moment where. You know, they could hang posters up and show replays and do, you know, heritage moments about many years from now. Maybe that's the, when we look back in a few months' time, maybe that's the, 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 the moment we say, yeah, that was the tipping point. That goal changed everything. And you know what's really exciting for Canadian fans? I was in BMO Field in the south end, so the other end of the pitch, when Sebastian Jovinko scored what is regarded as the best Toronto FC goal of all time against the Red Bulls to clinch the, their first playoff spot. And if you look at that and the moment that that was and how much they surpassed that with the season they had in 2017 and winning the title, I think Canada will do the same. We're celebrating this moment as being unthinkable and un- incredible, unbelievable. And it's probably going to be, be get better. There will be bigger moments than that, which is very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Don't forget about uh, Oso's goal at Azteca. I mean, that's got to be up there as well, yep. right? Set up by Alfonso. You already had your three podiums, buddy. You, you don't get five. 
<laughs> well, you guys, I'm just reminding you. <laughs> Wong, is still, Wong is still going. Maybe Wong will, will, will get Ozo in. No, no, the... I didn't get a third yet. I didn't get oh, a third yeah, yet. Go, 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 okay, right. sorry, B, what's your third? Wait, no, you Most got the, uh, the, the gold second. medal. <laughs> you, got, you got the gold medal. The gold, you got the gold medal. Fonzie. Fonzie's gold. Was that it? Oh, okay. Right, I just enough. spark great conversations with you guys. You just feel as though I'm just eating up all the time here because I cut myself up most on the promos. That's what it is. <clears throat> the third, my third one, um, <laughs> my third one has escaped me as I get to, Oh, to tie back to money. I got, it, I got it. moments. Uh, this year will be remembered as the year of the marquee transfer with Messi going to PSG with Ronaldo going back to, to United. Um, I feel as though, you know, you, you get one of those every decade to get the two of those in the same year and all the others that we got in this crazy COVID year where there wasn't supposed to be spending. Um, and it's only going to get wilder. That's a, the big moment for me. It still big. feels, it still to me though, feels a bit like Mayweather Pacquiao, you know, it's like, yeah, it was huge. It was great, but should have happened five years ago. Then we would be talking about it. You know what I mean? Well, if we're sitting here talking at the end of April or the beginning of May about PSG in the semifinals or in the Champions League final because Messi's carried them there, I think that that'll justify it. That, that'll that make it feel legit, like they are still in their prime. This is a man that just won his seventh Ballon d'Or, remember, which must mean he's still the top of his game. Yeah, it, it must mean. It, it was a crazy um, few days, though, wasn't it? You know, when that happened, you know, within a few days of each other and. And the whole Ronaldo going to City, and then uh, it was it was nuts. Okay, Wonga, what do you have there for your three? Uh, Julia Grosso's goal to win the gold medal, number one. Uh, I think it, you know, there is something about beating the U.S. that was huge, but that actual moment, we didn't know whether they were going to win or lose. Still, even though it was our advantage, and there's something about putting the ball in the net that carries things forward. And I think we see that with the Canadian men's team right now too. Second, and this is people, Canada, Costa Rica in Edmonton. Sharms was out there with fur on. He got PETA calling him. We had, uh, I had you over B. I had Craig over, Franzi, Kev, your cousin. What's your cousin's name again? Jay. Jay. <laughs> Sorry. We were over and we were losing our shit watching the game. I haven't watched soccer slash football and lost my shit like that in ages like it's been a long time and that tells you about media and you know the 4.4 million that craig was referring to for the soccer for the soccer gold i literally think that's so important that we don't forget that bums in the seats and bums watching tv and off their devices is also part of this whole thing and how we win and how we develop and then the last one is the Super League. That was some of the best 72 hours. And Danny Diccio, we had, I remember Ditch gone, they won't do anything. They, there won't be any problem. Like, these guys tried it. What are they going to do? Oh, they'll kick them out. They'll take take trades away. Like We were like, they did nothing to them. It literally has been swept under the rug. But it's one of the best stories where, you know, Juvie and, like, Juvie needed this, right? Like there are teams that needed this and, but all these other teams needed them not to do it. So it was really a fun story. Just showed, I think for me, it was fan power and how, you know, that can't be lost and the importance that would have gone ahead, I think, without the fan backlash. And it was great to see. And now even affecting change within clubs, right. And representation on boards, that conversation continues. A lot of clubs now are, you know, listening to the fans, introducing and welcoming them to the board. So uh, it was actually really important, I think, 48 hours, as crazy as it was. And I know Real Madrid still don't admit that it's over with, right? <laughs> they still think it's going to happen. <laughs> well, they're, they're so desperate. Yeah. Barcelona, oh. desperate. Oh. I mean, everybody's desperate except for the Premier League teams for the most part because their owners aren't just billionaires. They're multi-billionaires. They they actually you look at look at the spending in the off season. The, all the teams that went in were going to go into the Super League. They spent tons of money. Arsenal, I think, spent more than anybody. You know, they're like, oh, you know, let's you know, trying to well, even, damage even, even control. Even Barcelona, who was so broke, you know, and have no money, and they just signed Ferran Torres for forty six million. It's crazy, <laughs> right? Oh, I know, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, how broke were you? You know, I mean, and us anyway. Yeah, but yeah, that, that three good ones there. All right, well, we're moving forward from there then. Give us three moments you think will define 2022. 
put your older clairvoyancy hats on right now and guess and think, what will you be seeing? What are we talking about this time next year as moments that define 2022? Canada being at the World Cup in Qatar will definitely be a defining moment. I think that we can all have that one. Um, The World Cup being in Qatar, I think, will also be a defining moment for the game because I think much like the uh, Olympics, which will be, what, eight or nine months earlier in Beijing, there will be a lot of disapproving eyes uh, from abroad and critiquing voices. But once the the games kick off, um, I think that a lot of that will be lost. Um, but I'd be interested to see if it's, you know, as much as we've seen with the Chinese Olympics in the past, if that, that would be the case for Qatar, if it would be different, if there will be the numbers, the attention, the, the record breaking, you know, everything. Um, also a defining moment. I don't think Cristiano Ronaldo will be at the world cup in Qatar, which is really saddening. I think that, uh, that may open the door for Argentina and Messi to have a true defining moment because, uh, he's not there. That would be it, right? Messi wins the world cup when Ronaldo's not even playing in it. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like that would be, just be our luck. You know, would, would there be an asterisk beside Messi's name if he won it because there was no Portugal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's not the same. Huge asterisk. What are you going to do for that month if Canada and Portugal aren't in? What are you, what are you going to do? I'm going to work in hockey. I'm going to get an <laughs> NHL job. I want nothing to do with it. Portugal's not there. I'm out. Oh, it'd be so funny. Oh, oh God, so that good. draw is the best thing ever, that draw. is the best thing that ever happened to the sport. Even better than the Super League crumbling. This is better. And <laughs> uh, a, a third one that I, I would like to see to bring it back uh, local, uh, I want this, the CPL to, to crack the front pages. I want the CPL to, to crack the mainstream conversation when it comes to uh, sports. I know that that's also lofty. It's taken MLS you know, a, a long way to do it, but I think that um, there could be a, a combination of outstanding plays and outstanding players. I think we can get uh, the CPL out of just the conversation amongst our soccer community and a bit more into the mainstream. It could do with a bit of drama, you know, a bit of scandal might help. You know, something really, some huge shit hits the fan in the CPL that gets to the national media. <laughs> Don't know what it's going to be, you know, nothing to, nothing to, nothing to destabilize the league or anything, but something like, wow, what just happened in that match? Jesus. If you want Wonger to go hacking through players' DMs to see who's sliding into the, you know, opposing teammates' <laughs> girlfriends' DMs. What are your three there, Wonger? <laughs> Mine are, uh, Oh, TFC is going to suck next year. Just like, uh, just like. Have I, you seen who they're who they're bringing in? Matter, yeah. Do we need to ex- do we need to explain to you fifty million dollars? How's Man U doing there, uh, B? If they had Insignia, they'd be bossing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good point. If they had signed Insignia instead, they would be. Okay. TFC is going to suck. They're spent way okay. too much money. They're they're creating uh, expectations they will never deliver on. So there's number one. We said, let's look into the future. I didn't want it to be this way. I'm a soothsayer. <laughs> it's almost like our dynamic is changing that you're allowed to yeah, just bash TFC like yeah. that. I, like, in the past, we would have been a bit more. <laughs> hey, TFC is not going to do well next year. Look, I'm not saying I don't want them to, but I, I was a big fan in 2017, 2018. I loved watching them go all the way, but they you can't just throw money at stuff. I know that you need a full change. And I don't think he's the guy to do it. I think it's an old school mentality. Let's see what happens. But if you are an advertiser, you can just throw money at us. Yes. Let's just put that up. BMO, yes. Let's talk, BMO. I mean, it, it, it still might not work. It won't get any better, but you can still throw money at us. That's right. It'll, it'll be the exact same. <laughs> Mediocre. <laughs> yes. Are you talking about any streaming services in particular or what? Well, yes. Uh, Canada's, Canada's going to go two rounds at the World Cup. So I had that as well. Why not? Two wow. rounds, two rounds. And then last one is uh, Liverpool is going to win the Prem this year. What? That's just to appease your main host. No, no. I looked at the, <laughs> I, I looked at the, I looked at the uh, odds. Pandering Pete over here. Plus 350. So 100 bucks yeah, well, gets me 350 bucks. There you I'm go. I'm a bit worried about that team. I'm a bit, bit worried. Don't be. They're coming back. I wouldn't be taking that. I wouldn't be taking that bet. Losing Salah and Mane and uh, Kaida for a, for a couple of weeks. Uh, is, is, uh, I'm a bit concerned. I hope you're right, Wong. I, I do. All right, Craig, what you got? Mm, I don't like that bet. I know, longer. but I hate Phil Foden. I needed someone. That face today when I was watching him, if I have to see that whingy little red blonde face, 
just complaining about everything. I, I go, you I know, well, that, that's a great point. Not, not just, look, I'm watching games, a lot of games over Christmas, obviously, and this isn't anything new. But it looks like no one enjoys playing football anymore. Jesus. They're also <laughs> angry and pissed off consistently, yeah. right? Yeah. Where are this? Where are the players that always oh, plays with a smile on his face? Where are those players? I don't know who they are anymore. Do they exist, Craig? Everyone's so just malcontents out there. God, I've got to play football for extremely enormous amounts of money. Oh no! Like I know they need they need more Ted Lassos. Yes, they need more Ted Lassos. Absolutely. Right? Oh, Maybe it's because they play too many bloody games. Because they all know that the uh, powers that be are going to approve this second World Cup, this World Cup every two years. They're already The top players are already playing 60, 70 games a season. Yeah, exactly. Well, when do you fit it in the Continental tournaments? Well, the AFCON, which is about to kick off the beginning of this year. Mohamed Salah is the face of Egyptian soccer and African soccer in a lot of people's eyes. And he's going to have to play a, a World Cup, you know, in uh, in the, the re- nearby neighboring region in uh, nine months' time, on top of winning the Premier League as Wonga predicts and going far in the Champions League. <laughs> he better be a uh, one of the pharaohs, uh, Egyptian pharaohs. Hey, you know, actually speaking, Salah is probably the one guy that that generally plays the smile in his face. We he's said the one that guy. Already. Yeah, he oh, seems oh, happy. He does, we said right, it yeah. in the tent. You said it in the oh, tent. Yeah, I, yeah. Asked, I asked, does he have a hard time getting up for a game? Like, right. and, and there are players that you go, God, he looks like he's having fun. And then there's guys who are like, he's putting in his day's work. Or even if they're not having, even if they are having fun, they're just that personality. Even if they're brilliant, they yeah. don't really have that much fun. And then there's like, guys that, like, Phil, like Phil Foden, right? He just looks yeah. angry because he's like, he, even though this should be the time of his life, he should be just like laughing 24-7. Mike, look at my life. What? And instead he's angry, screaming at people for at least 90 minutes a day. Oh, I think once he uh, crosses the line and goes into the real world, he's smiling quite a bit. Hello? You guys there? My, oh, can yeah, you hear my, me? My, my Siri jumped in there for some reason and... Uh, Oh, repeated what I said is very strange, <laughs> and you went, you went, you went, um, you went quiet for a second there. Yeah, so I, I can Sal is one guy. I'm sure there's others, but there aren't many. Put it that way. Most most footballers now are miserable bastards. Did you hear what you didn't hear what uh, Craig said though? Then no. Okay, he said that Phil Foden is having a great time outside of footy. Footy though. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I knew lots of guys like that. I mean, there's a lot of stress on you know a lot of pressure. Lot of who was the, who was the 180 guy on on guys you you played with and knew guys that were grumpy as f on the field but lived their life like uh like it, the best time in the world DJ mm, Danny Dicky yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah Deech is a good one for that but no for personality there was some, some guys one guy at Ipswich in particular Ian. Uh, not Ian. Um, Clive. Uh, Clive someone? <laughs> Clive, Clive. Clive Hume. Yeah. Ian's dad. What is Tony Hume. Tony, I want to say Ian. Uh, Tony Hume. What Nicest guy you could possibly meet. And on the field, he was just an absolute psychopath. Psychopath. Like, just never seen anybody that different. But most people are. Did, did, did he train um, the same way? Was he an arsehole training with like on the field, or was it just when that whistle went and when he crossed those lines and match day? Yeah. 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 I mean, he was competitive, but he, he wasn't kicking his own players. <laughs> but saying that, I mean, training was, you know, got kicked, but he wasn't, uh, it was more in the matches. How was John Hartson off the field in the room? He was, was great. Because yeah? he's a guy on the field, yeah, like he was that. angry, you know, he was, he was a, he's a tough guy. On the field, right? You didn't mess with Hartson. <laughs> Berkovich will tell you that. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. off the field, he was a good dude, was he? Yeah, really good, really good. Yeah, and his uh, his brother is very interesting guy too. He worked for um, would it be MI six? Oh Already? wow, something. Like James, yeah, James Bond's assistant or something. Basically, yeah, and he was uh, deep into the Northern Ireland <laughs> stuff at that moment. Clive at Owen, that time. James Ooh, Bond. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. You know, yeah. you know what movie I loved, and I'd love to go back and rewatch to see if it was as good. 
I think it was called Patriot Games. Yeah. Right? With uh, Sean Bean. Yeah. It was very lopsided, right? It was very one-sided. It was very uh, American heroic. Yeah, but, but it was the first. It's a Tom Clancy novel, and it was the first okay. of the, the next one was Clear and Present Danger. And then they it was the – they also had a Ben Affleck vehicle for that too because it was – what's his name? The the actual name of the character I forget right now, but yeah. Which one was Hunt for it? Was it Hunt for it October? That was the, the first uh, one, yes. The submarine with, uh, one, right? Alec Baldwin. Connery, wasn't he in there too? Yeah, you, played, you, played a, you played a Russian. A Russian. <laughs> Russian with an accent. Move over, Vladimir. Let's go back to Moscow. <laughs> That's pretty good there, B. That's not bad at all. It's really good. Yeah, I've, I've heard worse. Tell them we're going, we're going to Shake Peach. Get in the something. <laughs> we're going back to Shake Peach. Someone call Oslo. We're going there. <laughs> really good. Hey, speaking of movies. You're in the wrong profession. Yes. Spider-Man. Spider-Man movie. Amazing. Give over. Really? Oh, I'm seeing that love and shit. It's and, uh, so good. Have you seen The Matrix? I went on uh, no, opening day. I haven't day. seen My The Matrix yet. Die Hard. The Matrix. Her and her, her, and her brother love the, the new Matrix. Yeah, Matrix. And what was the, the new Matrix? The word? Is it with Keanu Reeves? Yeah. Yeah. And the Jesus. Trinity. Trinity. The, the, what was the, the word? The name escapes me. Um, the word, I didn't like uh, bits of it. Um, for those people who hated uh, the third film in the trilogy, there was a bit more of that than I wanted. Uh, I won't give away too much else. Um, but I would say that that's, that's probably just my bias, having really, really disliked the third one. Um, they're the diehards. They both uh, came away, you know, really liking it, the the walk down Nostalgia Alley. Um, but uh, both came away with, you know, not feeling like there was anything really new to take away. Like that, that first movie was such a breakthrough, right? It left you with a lot to walk away with and think about. And it's hard to follow that up. So when you get a a third sequel, a fourth film. I think it's difficult to continue that. That's fair. Brendan Dunlop uh, next week featured on Adnan Verk's Cinephile podcast. <laughs> I would love to be. That's part of the the Dan Levitard family of podcasts. I would love to get in that realm, boys. We can do our own film well, podcast. You know, we have said numerous times over the last couple of years that we should do at least do a football movie review every couple of There's weeks. Six. We'll, we'll watch the same. <laughs> there aren't many. You're right. There aren't. Yeah. Well, what is one that- when this Macron uh, variant dies down, we can <laughs> yeah. all go over. We can all go over to Wongers and sit down and make him watch Fever Pitch, yeah, the documentary on the early days of the Premier League. So we can just film this and make TikTok content yeah, be to fun. bank for the rest of the year. Uh, Craig, Craig got Apple TV, or at least he's watching it. He's watching Ted Lasso, so he's oh, referencing finally. it finally. And he uh, guess guess who Ted Lasso is in real life? It's Craig Forrest. Think about it. <laughs> Sweet, affable guy. It, yeah, but Craig, he, Craig knows a little bit about football. Yes, he bit. does. A little more, yeah. but he's not coaching right now. But I see what you mean. Just blinded by op- optimism. You believe. Know. Uh, Craig, swing your camera around. Have you got believe over your, your door frame when you leave your, your apartment? Does it say no. believe? It says snoozing means losing. <laughs> <laughs> if the van is a rockin', don't come a knockin'. <laughs> That's what Bobby Ferguson, my first manager, I was in the youth team, thank God. Um, that's what he, uh, he had little sayings like that, like Ted Lasso, taped up all over the place. And snoozing means losing is one of them. <laughs> it's like... Hey, okay, for the listeners out there, okay, so if Craig's Ted Lasso, right, and Deech is uh, Roy, Roy, um, Roy Kent, because clearly he is. Um, Obviously. <laughs> who, who are the rest of us? Who's Coach Beard? Who's, um, this, oh, well, you're Jamie. B, B's Jamie Tart. Yeah. <laughs> clearly. Dickie has already said that. Has he really? Did he? Wait a second. Down to Wonga, myself, and JC. JC yeah, can be Coach hot. Beard. Wonga's a ginger. Wonger's no, Nathan. But, oh, that's so mean. <laughs> oh, Wonger, Wonger wants to be Keeley because he's all about star fucking and he wants to move up oh the ladder. Oh, my God. That's not me. Wonger's Keeley. You know that you guys that I star fuck. What are you talking about? Do you know that Keeley is, yes. you know, the, uh, I saw her naked in a movie by mistake. I didn't go out looking my way, but yeah, she oh, looked really? good naked. Wait, what's yeah. the movie? What movie is it? I don't know. Look it up on one of those porn sites, but yes. <laughs> Well, Ted, there's what Sudakis was it? Sudakis, Sudakis, Sudakis. His girlfriend is a British girl called Keely something or other. She's in Ted Lasso as the girlfriend of Rupert, 
but that's his girlfriend. Oh, Who's Rupert? Rupert. Rupert's uh, the ex of the owner of the club. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. The guy who's from the coffee commercial. That's right. Gold Blend. Yeah. Maxwell House or whatever. Maxwell House. Gold Blend. Gold Blend. Mm. I don't know. It's one of those folders <laughs> things. Uh, almost out of time. Craig, did you finish your three moments that will define 2022? No. Nope, you didn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did that. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Canada, Canada's men's team is going to be uh, a definite defining moment. Twenty twenty two, no question. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. No I have question. um, I, I've got the two year World Cup announcement. It's coming. Unfortunately, it's going to be ridiculous. That's coming. It'll be a huge story. Obviously, um, you mentioned major transfers this past summer. Obviously, Messi and Ronaldo, Holland and Mbappe this coming summer. Talk about you know. That would be Pacquiao and Mayweather in their prime, right? Lots of money. Wherever they go, well, they'll change that team. And England winning the World Cup. Okay. Um, out of time for 2021. <laughs> I, I, can, can we can we give some listener love? Yeah, um, of course. Shout out to all of our listeners. Well, of I was going to uh, do that, of course. I was going to. No, you weren't. No, it was. Wasn't it? Well, a couple of people. I tweeted out, you know, what are your three f- favorite footy moments that define 2021? And I will just sum up by saying nearly everyone said the the gold medal. Um, I've got some good ones. Uh, Vivek Jacob, Mark Sheldon, Rash Madani, our friend who, who listed a, a couple of other ones. Um, I, I do like some different ones. Doug Simonite, our buddy. Full stadiums again. The mm. fake noise was getting really old. That's a pretty good one. Uh, Jason Gibbons with being able to attend matches, uh, Forge versus Montreal in the Canadian Championship semifinal. Hey, Jay Gibbons yeah. making our list. I love Jay Gibbons. That was, that was a pretty special one. Uh, Alan Scholes with CPL doing great and now expanding. Also seeing Al, fans of the true. game yeah. being a special one. Uh, Dave Starkey, one of our favorites, uh, discovering footy prime. Hey. Thanks thanks to uh, my wife, who uh, he knows from watching Jan. And that was that was pretty. See great. how he just promos this whole family, right? He just bought a new house in Rosedale. That motherfucker. <laughs> Listen, she's <laughs> paying, she's paying all the bills. He has yes, no choice. You, she's paying the bills. You see my wage bill here. You know what's going on. Uh, and and finish on on one uh, anti-Italian one because it, it'll give me the hopes, you know, that maybe Portugal, maybe Portugal can get through the group. Uh, Giorgio with a Juve unable to win the league after nine straight seasons. I think there'll be a, a lot of Italian fans who. Now have all the attention because of uh, TFC's pursuit of two Italians. As um, you, you're great for the audio medium, Craig Forrest, as he dances that bloody Puma Atsuri shirt in the isn't that video a beauty? Game. Isn't that a beauty? It's a lovely shirt. We said it's it a lovely shirt. It's, it's the best shirt. Always has been. Yeah. Going yeah. back to the mm-hmm. shirts, remember Very when we were talking the GQ Canada jersey? Yeah, everyone's bitching about they can't get Canada like that jersey. I know. Hopefully, it, Nike sorts it out in the world. It's easier Cup. to get a PCR test these days. Yeah, right. <laughs> Is that'd, it? Be, that'd be a tight one. PCR test versus the Canada jersey. What'd you get first? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's all uh, the supply was... chain. The whole supply chain. Oh, yeah, it's COVID. 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 It's capitalism. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, thank you to everyone listening in 2021. Amazingly, they're entering, entering our. Uh, well, not our third year, but our third, like 2020, 2020, like our third year, basically, this it podcast. It's incredible. You started in fourth year. You started in 2019. Did we really? We, we did. did. We yeah. November. Yeah. We, November. To, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Fourth year. So, yeah. so How come we're still making no money from this bloody thing? It's ridiculous. Because I'm a horrible, horrible producer <laughs> businessman. But also, COVID, wow. COVID, COVID, COVID. COVID, COVID, COVID. <laughs> no, thank you for joining us. It's been a ton of fun. Uh, we will have some exciting announcements in the in the new year. At least we better have. Otherwise, we won't be here for much longer. Um, <laughs> Deech, wherever you are, you're always welcome. Always welcome. Maybe at some point you'll, you'll rejoin the, the boys here and make us feel good about ourselves. Everyone have a great new year's play safe and we'll see you and you'll be hearing from us or we think monday right we'll do a review podcast correct sunday night monday morning that's right that's right all right make sure you subscribe and follow at footy prime and all the usual channels laters mom 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.